the gospel. Will you say that? The gospel. We've been taking on various subheadings, and for the subheading today, I want you to pin this or write this down. No other name. Will you say that? No other name. Now, in Mark 16, 15, is which we get, is from where we get our foundation. We were given an edict by Jesus before he ascended to go into all the world, or a command rather, to go into all the world, into every man's world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the cosmos and change the countenance, change the makeup of men. Now, what is God's good news? Because that's what the gospel literally means, God's good news. And as the Apostle Paul penned or wrote, the gospel is Christ who died for our sins, was buried, rose again on the third day. He was seen. All this is important to Christianity and the proof that he is the only one. And he ascended and was seated. Now, as we move into this teaching, we're going to understand the purpose of why he had to come. And he was the only one that could come. What his death meant, what his resurrection meant, and how we are to apply that to our lives today. You new creation. You look at someone and say, you are a new creation in Christ. Now, let me say this, too. You cannot preach the gospel in truth without Christ. You cannot preach the gospel in truth while leaving out the man, Jesus. If you take away him, there is no gospel. Now, for several weeks, we have been laying a foundation with the subheading, seeing Christ, or one of our points, rather, seeing Christ in creation. Why is this important? Once we understand the name, once we understand that Christ was active in creation, there is. We come to the understanding that there is no other. Why? Because Jesus, we're talking about Jesus now. Look, don't take my opinion, don't take my word, don't take no, other's man, no other man's opinion or his word. What does the word of God declare? And this Christ was fully God and fully man. This we have seen throughout the word of God. And I will give you a little bit more review on that and we will move along. And the reason why, let me purpose by saying this, I want to say something because anytime you start declaring that Jesus is Lord, there are those that would assail you or besmirch you. They would begin to uh, uh, slander you, attack you for only declaring the word of God. But listen, the word of God tells us that the righteous are bold as lions. It, it's not arrogance. It, it, it's not uh, trying to demeanor anyone else, but it's standing firm in your convictions that Jesus, based upon the word of God, is Lord. Now, don't take it personally. Pray for those, as the word of God says, who spitefully use you and persecute you. So what do I do, Pastor? You keep standing firm on this word <laughs> that has been delivered to you. Remain what? Steadfast, unmovable. You missed that. Remain steadfast, 
unmovable. I'm not shaking off of it. I'm not relenting. I've seen it. I believe it. I know, he, I know him to be true. That is my profession, and I'm sticking to it. Although the full revelation of God was in Jesus Christ, the human mind cannot fully understand God. That's why in our confession, in our profession of faith, notice we say, uh, my natural mind cannot receive this. It's foolish. The word of God, spiritual things are foolishness to your intellect. Are you with me? One reason for this is that the scripture, let me see John 20. 125. I'm going somewhere because we, we're proving that Christ was in the beginning. John 21, 25. Although the full revelation of Christ of God was in Jesus Christ, the human mind cannot fully understand God. One reason for this is that scripture does not record all the action and teachings of Jesus. Look at this. And there are what? Also, many other things that Jesus did. Which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. But I would say this. There is enough revelation that is given to us whereby you can know him in a more personal way. Another reason is the limitation of the human mind. We are finite. We can, only, we can think so far and so great, but there's an end to our intellect. But God is infinite. There is no bounds with him. He is unlimited. He cannot be stopped. He is boundless. So it's not possible for us from a natural humanistic standpoint to fully understand the revelation of who God is. So we have to, by faith, based upon what is written. Are you with me? And I said that because anytime you talk about the deity now, I'm talking about Jesus being God in the flesh. To some degree, it seems, listen to me, abstruse or somewhat uh, what they call a recondite, which literally means a difficult subject matter if you're trying to reason with your natural mind. That's why there's so much confusion about it. Well, how is he this? How is he? he, he he's not three God. He's one God who exists as three persons. He's one in essence, one in being, but three in person. Are you here? I'm, I'm going to show you this throughout the word of God. That's why the scripture tells us in all of your getting, get an understanding. And I think even preachers shy away from Christology about Jesus in this because they fail to take time to study the word and educate themselves based upon the word. And uh, you cannot, again, preach the gospel fully without understanding. Are you with me? So although we cannot fully understand God, listen to me, we can still know him. How do we know him? We know him through a personal relationship of faith and through study of his word and what the Bible teaches about his nature. So just like you believe in any other thing by faith, you believe in Jesus by faith. But not just by faith alone, but he has created things for us to see his, in, we can see the visible attributes of the invisible God by looking around. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians 2.14, just for your seeing. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. The truths of faith cannot and should not be justified rationally. The truths of faith cannot and should not be justified 
rationally. In other words, you're trying to do this with human reasoning. You need the word. The truths of Christianity or faith in Jesus are properly apprehended by faith alone. Look, but the natural man does not what? Receive the things of the spirit. Now, let me show you something. We're going to get into this. One of the clearest. What are we talking about? No other name. And I'm just giving you this for bonus information. One of the clearest statements of the deity of Christ anywhere in the Bible is Colossians 2 9. We've dealt with this in weeks past. I've made reference. We went to it. So let's go again. Colossians 2 9. Colossians 2 9. For in him, whew, talking about Christ, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Talking about in him who? Christ. Godhead talking about deity, the Father, the Word, Holy Spirit, which we know as the Son. Are you with me? In him dwells some, dwells all the fullness. Paul's point is he, he's arguing against people who have asserted that Christ isn't fully God. Hmm. So Paul lets them know that Christ or the fullness of Christ, of God, excuse me, dwells in him alone, not anywhere else. The fullness of him. He dwells in us, but the fullness of him dwells in him. Now, the word Godhead here, and, and I this even when we teach and teaching on uh, the triune God, I don't put Trinity. Trinity is not in the Bible. I understand the Trinitarian concept, and a lot of people, the, the we see the concept outlined in the scripture, but it doesn't use Trinity. Scripture uses Godhead. So let's use Godhead. And I say that for for when you're proclaiming the gospel's sake and you meet people, oh, the Trinity's not about, what about Godhead? You accept that. Are you here? But the word God here, Godhead here is the Greek word theotes. And according to this verse, that word, it literally means Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Why is this important? Because when you see the evidence in the beginning, I cannot accept no other name. We're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna, let, let's, let's look. So he embodies all the fullness of the Godhead. This truth aligns perfectly with Colossians 1.19. Are these my words coming from the word? Then, see, and when you proclaim the gospel, you have to know this. Are you with me? For in him dwells what? No, Colossians, now, Colossians 1.19. 119. You, you guys know I'm going to take an extra 15 minutes because I'm giving you. For it pleased the Father. For it pleased who? It pleased who? That in him all the fullness should dwell. Hmm. Do you see that? You see that? Now, if we deny this, we have denied God's unity and affirmed that there is more than one being of God. In other words, that there is more than one God. And if, if that is the case, we're going against the word of God because he said, thou shalt have no other God before me. That is polytheism, the doctrine that there is more than one God. And although there may be things devoted as God, there is only one living God. Again, he's three in person, one in being. Again, we'll take him declare the gospel, as we have been mission due, you have to know that there's only one Savior. If not in your ministry of proclaiming, you could fall under the spell of many others and start accepting the idea that God can't be that narrow-minded. He has to have another way. 
Again, what about the people out there in the woods who've never heard the gospel? What about the people raised to believe this? That's why you and I have been commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So if you're concerned about the man in the woods, go to the woods. If you're concerned about the man over there, that's where we should be going. So let me show you something. Let's look at this triune God. Then we can go back to John. Believe what you say. Don't believe it just because I'm saying it. Let's believe the word of God. Isaiah 46, verse 5. Again, for weeks now, we have been, or I have been trying rather, to start talking about the good news. What are all these things? But again, there's no sense of talking about what Jesus did and what it meant for us if you don't believe that he's the only one that could have done it. Or if there's no proof that he, are you with me? Isaiah 45, 46, verse 5 and verse 9. I want you to read this out loud with me. Ready? Let's read. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike? Excuse me. Notice what God is saying. To what he, listen to what he's saying to Israel. Who will you liken me and who and make me equal? In other words, first of all, who are you going to compare me to and make me equal to? I'm not equal to anyone else. That's not the shouting place. But if you want to shout, go ahead. Go ahead. Now let's look at verse 9. I want you to remember these verses. Verse 9. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I am God, and there is none like Boy, I get excited. When keep, uh, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Isaiah 42 and 8. Let me tell you something, guys. And it's not by happenstance. There's only one message that God have given us to preach, and that is the gospel. That's why you've heard me say every message should have some dealings or some facet pertaining to the gospel. And a lot of what we've been hearing, although it is scripture preached, is not necessarily the gospel message. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory, circle glory, I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Philippians 2, verse 6. Talking about Jesus here. Who, the original Greek says being God, who actually says not in the form of God, but who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be, wait a minute, to equal with God. God just said, who will you make me equal to? So if there's another, somebody is wrong. And God is not a liar. So here we again see the triune God. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be what? Equal with God. And if that was not the case, God would have a problem with that. Are you here? But made himself of no reputation. I would think one translation said empty himself, but Jesus did not empty his, he did not empty himself of his divine attributes. In other words, he was fully God, fully man. Even when he went in, in, in death, we keep thinking cessation or stop. No, that's not what death mean just an end. Your spirit, the real you, never dies. So at no point in time has God ever died. And if he did, we would, we would not even have this conversation because all would cease to exist if at any point God died. So it was the man that died, not his divinity. It was his humanity while he was still living. 
who been in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to what? Be equal God. Verse 7. I'm, I think I'm going to go out to verse 11. Uh, ver verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Uh, verse 6. In the form. The Greek word morphe. Morphe. It means outward expression that embodies essential inner substance that the form is complete. Let me back up. It's an outward expression that embodies essential inner substance so that the form is in complete harmony with the inner essence. He's one in essence, but three in person. So when he's saying his form, he is the outward expression of the one and only living God. Again, he is God. That's why I say he made it. He didn't look at look at look at first. But he made himself with no reputation and took upon his uh, took upon his uh, the form of a servant made in the likeness of men while still being fully God and fully man. So notice it embodies the essential inner substance that the form is in complete harmony. In other words, e even though I, he, he, he came in the likeness of men, he was still in harmony. Father, are you with me? Notice verse 7, uh, verse 6, I'm sorry. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We just seen the Lord say, listen, who you can make my equal? So, what, what, what is he trying to establish here? The one. Thought it not robbery to be esos. That word equal, it means to be identical. Equal. Having the same level of value. Equal in substance and quality. So how can we say that he was not the man when he has the same <laughs> When he is identical. Why are you taking time to go through this? Because although there are those who believe in God, they do not believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. And if you believe that gospel, you are in error because you have taken out. It's not my word. It's a word here. Verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and uh, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Watch this. What are we talking about? No other name. <clears throat> Look at verse 9. Wherefore, God hath also highly exalted, you know, put to the highest place. Why would he do this if there's no, why would he exalt someone above himself if he's not one in the, wherefore God hath exalted him and gave him that name which is above every name. Why would he give him a name above his name if there were not? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the What about that glory part that we just read? To the glory of the Father. Acts 4.12. Why? Because this name was in. You need to know this because there are some smooth players out here. And these cats know their stuff about the stuff that they know. Did you hear what I said? They know their stuff about the stuff that they know. Just like you should know your stuff about the stuff that you know to be true. Again, the apostles were before the Sanhedrin because now this took right, this took place right after the birth of the church and the church began to grow. People were being healed. So 
they were thrown in prison, a couple of the apostles, Peter and whoever the other one. Go back a couple. So they wanted to know that it is not so much that they were upset about people being healed. It was just the name that they were doing it on. We don't care if you heal, just don't give Jesus glory. We don't care if you pray at the banquet, just don't end it with in the name of. You can say God, but don't say Jesus. See how clever? So the apostle goes on to say, no, go to verse 11. Let me, uh, go to verse 10. Let it be known to you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from dead, by him, by him this man stands before you hold. By this man, the one that y'all didn't recognize as the Messiah. <laughs> then he goes to say, verse 12, and there is no, oh, are we, the NET version is closer to the Greek. It reads this way. Well, let's read this one. I'll read it. Nor is there what? Salvation in any other, for there is no other name under. See, so, 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 so. If you're trusting in another name, listen, that's not the name. If it's not Jesus, it's the wrong name. It's verse 12. Uh, I'm sorry. Verse 12 from NET. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among people by which we must be saved. Why is this name so? Why, Sister Williams, is this name, talking about Jesus, so significant? It's significant because no other name has the power to save. But God himself, God is the only one that has the power to deliver. This word, no one, is the Greek word, udes, udes. It is a powerful negating conjunction. It rules out by definition. In other words, it shuts the door objectively and leaves no exceptions. In other words, this name, he is the only one, close the door, no exceptions. So what he means by no other name, this is the only name. I'm shutting the door, and there are no, no one else can come in. This is it. It's shut, sealed. Let me tell you, Satan would have you believing in everything because if you miss him, you'll. So what do you think Satan wants you? A couple days ago, forensic. And currently there was a obsessed. He broke in that house a couple of times. Perhaps it's breaking that. She noticed some things. Little did she know, she didn't know it was him. Um, several days or weeks later, true story, he found, apparently, he found, caught him in the act, in the house, caught him in her apartment, and he killed her. Hyena stabbed her and did it wrong. But with all, all of this evidence, they had no clue who killed the young girl. Listen, all type of evidence throughout, I mean, he left all kind of clues, and they searched all the names that they thought who it could have been, but it wasn't them. Evidence wasn't this one, wasn't that one, nor was it that one. And as they continued to investigate, she had a dry erasure board in her house. And this dude one day wrote on such and such day, I think his name was Daniel, Daniel was here. That's the only way that they knew Daniel did it. Because Daniel put this date, Daniel was here. With all of the evidence, all of the other folk, they thought they could not attribute, attribute it to them because they were not there, nor were they the ones who did it. I said all that to say with all of the evidence that we have before us, 
It's not this name. It's not that name. They thought it was him. They thought it was him. No. How do we know it was Jesus? Because Jesus was in the beginning. In the beginning, he put his name. And that's what people do. They, 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 they're, they're saying with everything, oh, is this or that? No, 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 no. How do we know it was Daniel? Daniel put his name on such and such date. Well, how do we know it? Christ. Christ, who was the word, was in the beginning, and the word was with God, and the word was. Romans 1.20. Let me show you something. Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Oh, watch this right here. Even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are with that. So people are without excuse. They may not want to give him what he deserves, but they are they're not without excuse. You hear? Why is this important? There are a lot of good, but that doesn't mean all the good people are following the only. That's why we have to show them. And you have people now, again, this doctrine of pluralism. They're saying that they're, it could be anybody. God is just narrow. Whatever is your God is your God. That ain't, that, that ain't what the Bible says. Whatever is my God is or whatever I want to be God. Because you have polytheism, the doctrine of or belief of more than what God. Then you have pan, all, theos, God, or pantheism, which is the doctrine that all is God or God is Everything and everyone and everyone and everything is God. Pantheism. That's the doctrine that all is God. The tree is God. The universe. You are God. The rock. The cow is God. This is that's what pantheism. And there are preachers who have bought in their zone. Although his we aren't we aren't God. Although the rocks may cry out, the rocks may feel his presence, but the rock isn't God. The cow may move because he feels his presence, but the cow is not God. Here, And they confuse that because, you know, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. You can make your bed in hell. His pre- he, he's, there's nowhere you can go, and he is not there. And they confuse that with his, his omnipresence. And while there's no place where God is not, that is not the same thing as pantheism. God is everywhere, but he is not everything. He's everywhere, but that speaker is not God. As cute as you are, as handsome as you are, as fit as you are, you, and don't let nobody tell you, are God. You were made in his image, but you are not. What's up, God? No, 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 I'm not God, sir. We're talking about, and if someone used the Bible to show you that, which they can't, you in error. How am I God? And you can't pay your bills. House in a wreck. You God? God having marital problems now? God sick now? John 8, 24. Once again, we see here, Jesus professes to be the one and only option for salvation. See, you have to notice, based upon the word, a gentleman a couple weeks ago was, was asking me, he said, now I'm answering, he said, you know, that, uh, I, I, you know, what I gathered after going back and forth a couple times was not, you know, oh, I agree with all this, but he couldn't see the you. And I said, apparently you haven't read what I just, so my last comment was, sir, if you're trying to say that this is not God, in, if you're trying to discredit him and take him away from the father, you, yet you, he, he was under the belief, yeah, there is, 
like most people, I believe in God, but, but he ain't, he's not. He was a good teacher. He was a good prophet, but he's not God in the flesh. Well, we in error if we're using a Bible. And I think, verse, therefore, I say to you that you will what? Die in your sins. See, say, you got to, you got to, man, don't let the devil fool. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Notice again, Jesus uses the I am phrasing. Exodus 3.14, when God stated his identity in Exodus 3.14, he referred to himself as I am, using a Hebrew phrasing implying necessary existence and absolute. Necessary existence and absolute. So his existence was necessary in order to redeem man, whereby man could be right back in the position he was before he fell. He was the only one that could put man or redeem man back in his rightful. So when Jesus states, okay, yes, it. And God said to Moses, I am what? Who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the Jews, who I am has sent you, sent you. So when Jesus states in this verse in, uh, eight, in John 8, 24, watch this now. When Jesus states in this verse that one must believe that I am he is yet another instance where he does in fact tell others that I in weeks past, I shared seven metaphorical I am statements throughout the Gospel of John. I showed you. In, in Judaism, it is unquestionably understood as a name for God. So when Jesus would say things like, I am the bread of life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, these state, watch this now, they are understood as names for God. He would, to them, to those, he was saying, I am God. That's why. They persecuted him. That's why they called him a heretic. That's why they said, you are blasphemous. Are you with me? So, in other, watch this. And when I was thinking about this, the Lord said, listen. He said, when Jesus was declaring I am, he said, they were not statements of arrogance. He wasn't trying to be imperious. These were statements of assurance, statements of affirmation that I am he. I know I don't look like it. I know I may not dress like it. I am. I'm not being arrogant. I'm just telling you, I am. So they're not statements of being boastful. He was simply saying, man, I'm what you've been looking for, man. I am. But I, no, thank you. Anybody else want to go see you next? John 1, listen. I, I, I want to get this to you so we can get in. But you guys keep pulling in this subject. I'm not going to let y'all pull again. This is your, your last pull on dealing with this. You have pulled. This is the fifth week. Y'all been pulling. You're not pulling me. No, no, no uh-uh. Mm-mm. Go back. Listen to the DVD, CD, Facebook, where, you, wherever. I'll try to move. Y'all keep pulling me back again. Lee, quit pulling me. Cut the cord. Cut it. Cut it. Cut that cord. Thank you. John 1. In the where? Where? The beginning was the? Word and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through, but well, how's the rock made? How's the rock God? How's the universe God? When in fact, He created the universe. Well, how can you say that? All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. Are you here? So, again, in the beginning relates here not to the act of creation, but what existed when creation came into being, namely the word who we come to know as Jesus, because verse 14 said he was made flesh. So the word has existed from eternity's past. So when time as we know it began, 
because he's already always existed. The word was already in existence. Notice was the word. Again, this unique name for Christ, Logos. Logos only occurs four times relating to a name and refers to Christ. Again, John 1 and 1, John 14. Now, let's go to 1 John 1 and 1. Let me show you in Revelation 19, 3. But let's go to 1 John 1 and 1. Let me show you. 1 John 1, 1 and 2. What was the word at? Where? In the word was who? The word was with. The word was with who? Again, Elohim. Talking about the plurality of God. God, the Father, the Word, and Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God said, Elohim. So who was he talking about? The Word, Holy Spirit, and the Father. How do we know? Because this tells us, in the beginning was the Word. First John 1. Now watch this. That which was from... Guys, do me a favor. I know you messed up. Thank you. Appreciate it. But let's read. I want you to read this because I want to get in your... That which was from, which, was, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word. There it goes. Logos talking about Christ. This, wait, hold on. The life was what? Manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with. Where is he at? Three in person, one in essence. Each has their own distinct center of consciousness and personality, yet you're not smarter than God. So we have to take what he's given us. You're limited in your thinking. You in general, not none of you. You guys are just awesome to that crowd out there. Verse, <laughs> okay, John 17, 5. Ready? Let's read. Oh, now, Father. Oh, I'm sorry. And now, oh, Father. Watch this. Go, see, we, we just seen there. If they're not one, why wouldn't the Father say, I'm ain't sure, man, glory with you, man. Can't get us to anybody else. Oh, now, and now, oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had. This doesn't make you happy that I had with you before the universe who you call God, some do, was. Before the man who calls himself God, before the tree that some call God, before the tree was, this God was. Back to John 1, 1. And the word was with God. Again, the word translate with God, pros. Tantheon could be rendered face. I've given you that. He in the beginning I gave you that. Uh, we've seen in verse 14, begotten. I told you that word begotten is an English translated of English translation of a Greek word. Begotten in the Greek, it literally means one and only, one of a kind, one who has the same nature, character of. So when Jesus would say son of God, they knew what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about son as we think uh, father and son. And I'm going to show you this in a second. So he was saying, when they would say son of God, he was saying, you have the same nature character. you calling yourself God. So he's not God's son in the sense of how we think of father and son. He's God. In this sense, he's God made manifest in human form. Are you here? Now, I showed you. Write these verses down. You can go check them up in your leisure. Uh, look at them in your leisure. Uh, where we see in Christ in the beginning. Genesis 1, 26. Um, Genesis 3, 22. Genesis, Genesis 11, 7. Isaiah 6 and 8. <clears throat> and where we left off last, we said that there are passages uh, where one person is called God or the Lord and is distinguished from another person who is also said to be God. So, in other words, he was saying, God, your God, wait a minute, which or well, who's, and this is what he was saying, you're all, you're one, same. Well, what we're going to see in the same. Let me show you. So again, there are passages where one person is called God or the Lord and is distinguished from another person who is also. So I'm trying to show you again, establish the 
the unity, the triune, are you here? The Godhead, which we've seen that it pleased the Father that the fullness dwells in Christ bodily. Psalm 46, Psalms 45, 6, and 7. We're almost there. Somebody say he's bringing it in. He's bringing it in. <clears throat> Watch this. Guys, this is what we're trying to, that this man Jesus we're talking about is God. And when you understand that, that is the only name. That's a, that name. And God is the only name. That's why I said cannot in any Why? Because this name that is above name created all the names. And if you're not careful, again, the fall under spell of thinking that there are. Don't get, don't get mad at me. I didn't write this. These are everybody good. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the what? Scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with oil, the oil of gladness, more, uh, more than your companions. Do you see this? Hear the psalm. Watch this. The psalm passes beyond describing anything that could be true of an earthly king and calls the king God, whose throne will what? Last forever. But then still speaking to the person called God. Notice how the author says, God, your God has set you above your companion. So two separate persons are called Elohim, which shows the unison of the Father, the Word. In the New Testament, the author of Hebrews, because people always try to throw you a loophole, the author of Hebrew quotes this passage and applies Hebrews 1 and 8. Let's look. This may seem rudimentary, but trust me, you need it when you're out here trying to preach the gospel so you won't go home to food. But to the son, again, see, now when we understand son, we understand what? Same, possessing the same nature character as God, being Christ manifested. Are you here? Being fully God, that is. But to the son, he says, again, not son like me and father and son, your throne, oh God, but that shall have no other God before. Is what? Forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness. Now, let's get to a stopping point. It also seems clear that David was aware of plurality person. Psalm 110 and David was aware of the plurality or the three and one God. Then the Lord said to who? My Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your foot. Do you see this? Now, on the, when we went to Hebrews, again, son, in the sense that he is God made manifest for him. That's what, okay. Now, here, David had a revelation of Elohim. So what Jesus does, let's go to Mark. We're in, in Mark 22, verses 41 through 46. So uh, Jesus rightly understands David that he's referring to two separate people as Lord. Okay. Jesus understands David. David. He's aware of the fact that, okay, again, if we were in that day, this would, we would have a greater under the terminology. Now, we pick up where the Pharisees, the Herodians, and the Sadducees, they were asking Jesus all these Jesus lets them ask their questions. Then he turns the table on, <laughs> and he asks them a penetrating. So after they got through all their questions, Jesus was like, well, who y'all think, think Christ is? Who y'all think the most so smart, educated? Well, y'all tell me. While the <laughs> Now, Jesus, he quotes from Psalm 110 to show that the Messiah would be greater than David. Okay, that's why he quotes. The Pharisees knew that the Messiah would be a descendant of David, but they did not understand that he would be God himself. So they knew they would be a descendant of David, but they didn't know that he would be God himself. So Jesus asking them, he turns the table 
to see, okay, y'all knew that we come to the, now let me see if you can, okay? Now let's look. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, who? The son of David. He said to them, how then does David catch this in the spirit? He had a revelation of who God was. Call him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he the son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare to question him anymore. Do y'all see this? In other words, but who is David's Lord if not God himself? Are y'all here? And who could be saying to God, sit at my right hand except someone who was also fully God? Are you here? Jesus, of course, understood this. But when he asked the Pharisees for an explanation of this passage, no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him, unless they are willing to admit a plurality of persons in one Godhead, Jewish interpreters of Scripture, to this day will have no more satisfactory explanation of Psalms 110 or any of the other passages that we've just discussed than they did Yet he had to, in the likeness of human flesh, to redeem man back to himself. Why? Because no one else would have been accepted. Why? Because they had been one tainted in nature. That that's why he had to be the the, the uh, that's why Mary had to be supernaturally impregnated. Had she came in any other way through a human, then Jesus would have been tainted with the sin nature. If you take out that name, the gospel is null and void. There's only one name, and that name is Jesus. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.